My friend and mentor Sandy calls it being pecked to death by ducks. That feeling when it seems like everyone wants a piece of you and there's not enough to go around. Early in my career, when I was having one of those weeks, I would slide across the hall and knock on her door, and before she could offer me a chair, I was already coming apart. Listing all the directions I was being pulled in, everyone I was letting down, this person in crisis, another disappointed with something I had done wrong, two waiting on work for me that was past its deadline, the red bubbles on my cell phone counting higher and higher with unanswered texts and emails. Everywhere I turned, everyone, someone wanted something from me, and me running between them, parceling myself out in dribs and drabs until there was nothing left, pecked to death by ducks. Sandy would sit and listen, not giving advice, just not suggesting there was anything I could do to be faster or more efficient. Knowing that I already had plenty to do, she just let me cry. Met me in all of my frantic anxiety and gave me space to be more than my to-do list. More than the sum of all the things people needed from me. And slowly, I came back to myself, to my full self. Last week was one of those weeks for me. People in crisis, people disappointed, deadlines, red bubbles. Last Tuesday, I was walking to the first of five hours of back-to-back -back meetings. Tuesday morning at 8 a.m., and I was already like, wrong. Barely 48 hours back from vacation, also, if you're tracking that. And not having Sandy's office to duck into, I turned, of course, to a devil. I'd heard this song only a couple days before, and ever since, I've had that chorus stuck in my head, singing it everywhere I went. After today's service, you may be in the same boat. Walking up Helena to my meeting, I put my headphones in and played it, waiting for that line that gave me chills every time I heard it. Everybody wants something. You just want me. And when I listened to all six minutes of the song, I played it again, this time singing softly to the chorus. And then I played it two more times, singing louder and crying harder with each repeat. At some point I realized I really was praying it to the God who fits those words perfectly. Everybody wants something. You just want me. And yes, then I stopped in the shady yard and made some notes about this service and wrote Keenan an email since he had been waiting for one for eight days already at that point. A lot of times when I preach on this scripture, this do not worry scripture, people hear it as one more to do for their list. Do not worry. Stop worrying. Don't be anxious. Which if you're already worried is only going to make you more worried. Because now you're like breaking a rule from God on top of being worried about whatever you're worried about. 
God just becomes another very large duck to be pecked to death by. But I don't think that's the point at all. To put something else on our list, to give us another thing to accomplish, another way to feel inadequate. I mean, the point is just the opposite. Do nothing. Like the birds and the flowers, they're already more than adequate. And look how lazy they are. That's what the scripture says. What do they do? They don't toil, they don't spin, they don't gather into barns. They're just there. And it's incredible. I think Jesus contributes to the misreading of the scripture by saying, you of little faith. It's hard not to hear that as like a judgment, as like something to do. Have faith. Stop being one of little faith. But I like to think Jesus is just telling us who he's talking to. The ones of little faith. The ones who might be most likely to prove themselves, to try to prove themselves, to think they need to, to work harder if they're going to be included. The ones scribbling into their day planners. Stop worrying. He says, yes, you. The ones of little faith. The ones who aren't even exactly sure why you're here. The ones assuming that if there's something good in what I'm saying, I, it's surely not for you. It must be for the people who are further down the list. You. You. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. And if you're already anxious, don't be anxious about that. That word for worry or be anxious, in the Greek, it literally means to be pulled apart. It comes from a noun that means, that means a part separate from the whole. Jesus is telling them, don't let yourselves be pulled apart. Maybe something even less active than that. Even less of a to-do. Something like, you can't be pulled apart. You are not a part separate from the whole. You are whole. He says, isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? In other words, you're mistaking the parts for the, for the bigger picture. You're more than the items on your to-do list, more than what people want from you. Stop trying to pull yourself apart for them. In other words, everybody wants something. I just want you. Look at the flowers, he says. And this scripture is part of the Sermon on the Mount. They're outside. It's, let's say, 82 degrees with 150% humidity. But they're, they're actually on a hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus gestures to the, to the hills on either side of them, to the wild flowers that envelop them. One guess that I read is that they were anemones because that's a wildflower that still grows in that area. They come in red and pink and purple and white, just big swaths of them, a sea of color in every direction. And Jesus points to them and says, what do they do? What have they accomplished today? When's the last time any of them answered any email? Look at them. They are breathtaking, just sitting there. If you would really consider them, even for a moment, they would show you how breathtaking you are. 
That's how it works. Jesus says, when you consider something that's whole, you become more whole yourself. When you're reminded of your wholeness. For the philosopher Martin Buber, it was a tree rather than a flower. He wrote, I consider a tree. I can look at it as a picture. I can perceive it as movement. I can classify it in a species. And, and in all of this, the tree remains my object. It can, however, come about if I have both will and grace that in considering the tree, I become bound up in relation to it. The tree is no longer it. Rather, its, its form and structure, its color and chemical composition, its intercourse with the elements and with the stars are all present in a single whole. Uber knows what Jesus knows, that the easiest way to remember our wholeness is to meet another in their wholeness. For Buber, what's true about the tree is true of everything and everyone. We can either meet them as an it, pulled apart into its pieces, into what we know about it, or what we expect to get from it, or what category we can put it in. Or we can approach the tree, or anything, or anyone else as a singular and sacred whole. As one who is whole and complete beyond anything they might do for us or be for us. Buber calls that other view, thinking of the other as thou. And he says these are the two fundamental approaches to life. Approaches to life. We can relate to others from a place of I, it, or from a place of I, thou. The pieces or the whole. And which one we choose, it doesn't just change how we see that other thing, it also changes us. The I in each of those equations is a different I. He says, I, it, can never be spoken with the whole being. But I, thou, can only be spoken with the whole being. When we meet a tree, or a flower, or a neighbor as a means to an end, if we only see a piece of them and interact with a piece of them, then we become only a piece of ourselves. We start to be pulled apart. But on the other hand, if we are feeling pulled apart, anxious, worried, pecked to death, all it takes to start to come back to ourselves is to approach another, any other, as a whole. And our pieces start to come back together. We start to remember, to reassemble a singular and sacred whole. Just consider a bird, a tree, a sympathetic coworker, a dell. In case you are having one of those weeks, crisis, disappointment, deadlines, if you're feeling raw and wrung out, bursting into tears as you walk down the sidewalk, very little faith to speak of, find a lily, an anemone, 
consider it a sacred, whole, breathtaking. Let it remind you that you are more than your parts, and you are breathtaking. Let it draw you back to the one who gave you breath, to the one for whom it always fits to say, everybody wants something. You just want more.